Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So somebody yesterday put a million dollars on uh, the Super Bowl. A million dollar bet on the Atlanta Falcons. Million bucks. Betting on everything. They're betting on the length of the national anthem. They're betting on whether Lady Gaga will say anything about President Donald Trump during the halftime. There's billions of dollars being bet on the Super Bowl. Lots of people just care about their bets, not so much about the game. I think it's going to be about Tom Brady. It'll be about Brady getting even with Goodell. And there's no way Tom Brady's going to lose this game. No way. Matty Ice is a great quarterback. Atlanta's got a terrific offense. But there's no way Tom Brady's losing this game. Mark Yost is going to be joining us in the next hour. Writes on the business of sports for the Wall Street Journal and Sports Illustrated. He's the author of Tailgating Sacks and Salary Caps. How the NFL Became the World's Most Successful Sports League. There's also an interesting question that's floating around in the United States that we're going to run by you. And the question is this. Who's the more irritating quarterback? Tom Brady or Colin Kaepernick? And the reason they're asking that is that Kaepernick, of course, has not stood for the U.S. National Anthem even once during the 2016-17 NFL season. Meanwhile, Tom Brady is a friend of Donald Trump's, which is irritating many on the left. They really ought to take some sort of stomach-soothing medication. But we'll ask you, who's the more irritating quarterback? I think you know where I'm going to stand. So Mark is going to be with us later on as well. We'll talk to um, the mom of a 29-year-old in Burlington, Ontario. It's a really terrible story. This uh, young woman lost her life because the medical care system let her down. And we'll talk to the mom a little later on. Uh, Following the St. Foix Mosque murders, one of the horrific events that it's almost impossible for us to wrap our heads around how someone could be so gratuitously and brutally violent. Quebec constitutional lawyer Julius Gray joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Mr. Gray is one of the most highly respected constitutional human rights lawyers. He's represented some of the most highly profiled clients and newsmakers in this country. And earlier this year, represented a Muslim school in Montreal, which had been described as being something akin to a military camp in Afghanistan and Pakistan, and this by a secular writer in the city of Montreal. Julius, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while. Yes, it's been probably a year or so. It has. So, a lot has been said. If we can just set, just set aside the, the, the tragedy, the, the, the horrific murders in yeah, exactly, Saint-Foy, yeah. 
and look at what's going on in the province of Quebec. There's, there's a lot been said about it, the reason for concern about the attitude in the province of Quebec toward immigrants generally and Muslims particularly. Is that a fair statement? It's not entirely a fair statement because Quebec has been integrating immigrants. And I, for instance, as an immigrant myself in Quebec, I've always felt welcome and everything was fine. Where I find there is concern, it hasn't, doesn't have anything to do with, with any greater racism than anywhere else. I'm sure we have our share like everybody else. It's in Quebec's uh, tendency to disregard freedom of expression uh, on subjects that are unfashionable. Um, so they, they now want to strengthen the hate laws, and before that they wanted to strengthen the secularism laws, or they'll want to prevent somebody from uh, coming up with a an alternative vision of the family in which radical equality between men and women is not accepted. Uh, I must tell you, I'm in favor of equality, but I think somebody should be able to say something like that if he sincerely believes it. So what I am concerned with is Quebec, in Quebec, perhaps everywhere else too, is the tendency not to give the weight to freedom of expression that it deserves, except on fashionable subjects, but at the same time to uh, always seek, whenever anything like this happens, some way of reducing it, strengthen the hate laws, do this or that, and not look at the real socioeconomic causes, for instance, the exclusion. The fact that on both sides, when these horrific acts take place, and of course you can't blame either the majority or the minority, these acts are exceptional, the people who do them are dreadful, but these are usually the product of exclusion of people who have no real future who think they don't have jobs, and either some idiot thinks that the immigrants are taking their jobs, or some uh, somebody on the other side, on the immigrant side, or the Muslim side, thinks that they're not welcome and they're, uh, uh, they're being uh, treated as second-class citizens. And that is the economic causes are there. That's also so in France and in Germany and so on. The reason why these things happen is not because there's too much freedom of speech and people are allowed to, to, to uh, uh, shoot their mouth off against other groups. The reason is because there are so many frustrated uh, people who don't see much hope for the future and because the inequality is growing in our society every year. The rich are richer, the poor are poorer, and all sorts of people suddenly uh, go off. And of course, it's only a minority that will do so. The average person will not. is is, is much too decent, much too uh, uh, controlled, much much too reasonable. But it's it's that sort of thing that leads to terrorism. Right, let me get you to just hold on because we're going to try to reconnect with you. The phone line is not the best. But I want to speak to you as well about the client you represented, the Muslim school in Montreal. And they had concerns about what the secular writer spoke about on, a, I think it was a radio program about the school. You represented the school. And then there was the issue of the provincial legislation that was brought forward by Jean Charest maybe 10 years or so ago. And then subsequently, the Parti Québécois had the uh, Quebec Code of Behavior or Ethics and, and that was a very, very controversial issue. But on the niqab rule that Jean Charest was going to introduce, and that was no public servants would assist anyone wearing a face covering, 95% of Quebecers agreed with that, and according to the polling, and some 83 to 85% of Canadians nationally agreed. We'll come back with more from Julius Gray right after this. If you're looking for real-life radio, you've come to the right place. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Oh, oh, oh. 
With me is uh, Julius Gray, constitutional and human rights lawyer in uh, Quebec, joining us from Montreal. We're talking about how Muslims and immigrants are treated in in Quebec, specifically in Canada generally, politicians federally, provincially, have said that we have to do better as far as accepting one another is concerned and the diversity is the greatest strength that Canada has. Julius, what do you make then if you say that it really isn't a specific issue, the immigrants and Muslims, particularly in Quebec, how do you then assess that 95% of Quebecers and about 83 to 85% of Canadians nationally supported Jean Charest's proposed legislation that anyone wearing a niqab would not be serviced by a government employee in Quebec? That's a huge support number. Yes, but I think you will find that in most places, the majority of people will support something like that uh, because they don't see just how important it is for the other person. You know, it's amazing how people have a tendency to view their own point of view as correct and not be terribly concerned uh, about the other side. True. Uh, for instance, how uh, when there's an ethnic conflict, say, between Turks and Greeks in Cyprus, if you speak to one, everything was done right by his group, and unfortunately the other group hates them, and vice versa. In this particular case, uh, most Quebecers simply did not, most Quebecers, Canadians, don't realize that uh, when you uh, accommodate individuals, uh, you help them integrate. Uh, what you do when you uh, say you can't have your kerpan or you can't have your, your scarf or you can't have uh, certain services, you go to the hospital and say, take off your niqab. I mean, how can you even contemplate not, service, not serving somebody in the hospital? Then those people withdraw into themselves, into their own community. In fact, see, I'm not a pro-multiculturalism guy. I believe people should fuse, and I hope that in two or three uh, generations, everybody will have four different grand- uh, grandparents and uh, all these uh, ethnic things will be untenable. But at the same time, I think the way to do it is to permit and uh, and to tolerate and not only tolerate but to welcome the individual to make them feel good but to and take your to take your that. to take your point Julius you say we all want to respect our own opinions are you perhaps missing the point a little bit when you look at these numbers that uh, the Canadians have put forward that they're supporting this is a big well, big number and maybe it's an issue around. that maybe it's an issue of concern it's an issue of concern to me that people have not realized that the best way to integrate is to permit, because in the past we've integrated most minorities, and it's not by t- making them take So the, the, the melting pot, the melting pot formula is preferable. You know, it's more than a melting pot. I, I call it a Republican formula. I'm, I'm very much in favor of the French ideal, but I think they're going about it the, right, the wrong way. So I'm, uh, my ideas are a mixture of the methodology of Canada, saying bring your curb and wear whatever you want, and, and individual liberty is important. But at the same time, the long-term goal is integration. Uh, but but I, I want to point out to you that I don't think it's just Canada. I think everywhere in the world you'd get similar figures. And if you had a poll in, in uh, uh, Saudi Arabia asking whether foreign women should be covered when they come there, you'd probably have a poll in favor of forcing them to cover. So... Um, uh, human inability to understand that the best way to integrate is to welcome is something that we have to uh, to combat by education. What about I, your case? What about your case earlier this year, where you had the the secular writer who was uh, an immigrant to Canada and became a member of the Parti Québécois? I think she was from Algeria originally, and she described the Muslim school in Montreal that you represented 
as something of a place that would be similar to a military training camp in Afghanistan and Pakistan. The school was looking for $95,000. And the court said, no, we don't agree with the school. We we agree with with the writer, that she has the freedom to say what she wanted. Yeah, but I, I, I agree that she had the freedom to say what she wanted. Well, the court I'm not did. In favor of restricting freedom of expression. I'm in favor, of, uh, but there's a libel law. Uh, I don't want to go into too much detail there because that's an appeal. Now, that's an illustration, however, I'll tell you this, of my view that freedom of expression is protected for cases, which for causes which are fashionable. For instance, it's very difficult to understand how that case was decided in the context in which Mike Ward was not allowed uh, as, as, as a comedian uh, to... Uh, uh, make fun of something when he started out by saying this is a comedy show and so on. No, I agree the with fashionable, you. I agree with the, you. The, yeah, but the point is, this isn't a case of pure freedom of speech. If the state were coming after Mrs. Ben Abib saying you're not allowed to say it, that you should go, you should be punished, I would say no. It's a case of libel. In libel, the question is, did she say something false that could be damaging to an individual uh, or an individual institution? And I think the answer she did is she did. Now, we'll see what the Court of Appeal says. I certainly am already thinking about how to draft my factum. Uh, but uh, and, and the same, of course, and we're in appeal in my court, and I hope we shall win that one. I have high hopes. For Let me ask you this. That. Do we live in a society where people are just not accepting or not as accepting as our political leaders tell us we should be of someone who is not like us? And I'm, I'm not saying whites or blacks or brown skin or... Uh, language or ethnicity or, or religion, just generically, are we not as accepting as a community? Is it, is it in the human DNA to have a, to have a tribal attitude? Some people say it is, of course, and there are all these, you know, selfish gene theorists who say that our personality originated in uh, the uh, Stone Age period or even before hunting and that gathering period, and that at that point the other group was simply a rival for a finite amount of food. Uh, we can argue that this way or that way. I believe that uh, biogenetics, while it provides an interesting insight, is not the whole answer. And I think people can change in that way. And we can bring to people's attention the fact that it's in their own interest to open themselves uh, to others. But it is true that everywhere in the world, if you look at the world as it is right now, especially since the decline, uh, economic, uh, the decline of equality since about 1970, or 80, ethnic uh, loyalties, uh, sort of uh, local preferences have come back in a big way, and I hope they don't. I, I like to believe in a world in which people mix and, and, and friends come from all sorts of groups and in which the differences between individuals are individual. I, I like to think I'm not like anybody else simply because I am me, Julius Gray, not because I'm somebody who was born in Poland of a Jewish family, came to Canada and lived in this community or that community or, or, or spoke English and then started to speak French. Uh, I, I would like any differences between me and the others to be individual. It will be, it's critical that we, that we come to some sort of understanding of what's going on. You know, we talk about a populist movement, and there is a populist movement, and we've seen it in the U.S. election. We saw it in Brexit. We saw it in the British uh, election as well. We may see it in Europe later on this year. A populist movement, uh, good, bad, or however people assess it individually. But we have to come to some sort of understanding of what kind of society we're living in, what kind yeah, well, of society we want to live in. Populism is... Uh, 
among other things, simply erroneous uh, scientifically. Just like people believe that if you let somebody wear their scarf or wear their, uh, their turban, they won't integrate, and that's wrong. The opposite is true. So people believe that immigrants take jobs, but in fact, all economic theory tells you that immigrants create jobs, that if you let in a 1,000 people, you'll be better off after five or six years. Sure, you might have a, an instance where a job is lost to an immigrant, but on the whole, people are better off. People don't see their own interests, and populists exploit that. For instance, there would be a terrible crisis in the United States if uh, tomorrow you expelled all the illegal Mexicans. There'd be nobody to do some of the jobs, and the spending they do, the buying of groceries and so on, would create bankruptcies and so on all over the place. But people don't see it. What they think is, he took my job. And that's an economic error, apart from other things. Well, uh, Quebec City's empire is going to have to be a teaching moment. For, for everyone, or at least a good discussion moment. We'll not, we're not going to be able, fortunately, we can't get into the head of the uh, alleged shooter. If we could, I think there'd be something wrong with many of us. Julius, thank you. It's always good talking to you. It's a pleasure to speak to you. All the very Bye-bye. best. Julius Gray, constitutional and human rights lawyer in Montreal. So a week ago today, that uh, horrific shooting took place at the mosque in Saint-Flois. I spent the last 10 years living in Quebec, almost 10 years. And it is um, Mr. Gray's position, notwithstanding I respect him a great deal. It is a bit of a closed shop at times. If you're an Anglophone, you're not accepted by a number of Quebecers, and it's just evident in daily transactions, daily communications. But on a broader scale, on a broader sense, I always like approaching the issues that matter and taking them head on. So we'll agree that the shootings in Quebec are the work of a madman. But I want to tell, or I want you to tell me now at 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428, are you accepting of newcomers to Canada? And do you agree or disagree with the Prime Minister and Premiers and other government officials who declare diversity as Canada's strength. I'm not directing this question at any one group particularly. I'm directing it at everyone. 1-800-263-2428. Are you accepting of newcomers to Canada? Do you agree or disagree with the Prime Minister and Premiers and other government officials who declare diversity as Canada's strength? And if you're a newcomer to Canada, how are you treated? 1-800-263-2428. Don't shy away from this one. Let's talk about the issues which matter with us. We'll come right back.